Hello, listeners and fellow explorers. This is Living in the Sprawl's lovely and talented producer-slash-wife, Lisa Steinberg. I wanted to thank all of you for your continuous support of the show. As a new podcast on the scene, John and I self-support the logistics and research that go into the show. The number one way to support the show is to rate, review, and share this podcast with everyone you know. Many of you have been doing this, and it has helped immensely. I also invite you to check out our website and the show notes for other ways to support the show. We are currently working with companies we currently use ourselves to get discount codes for our listeners and support the show in the process. These companies include Every Table, Just CBD Store, Gold Belly, Cats Botanicals, and so much more. By using the links on our website, you are letting them know we sent you and in turn supporting the show. You can also support us on Patreon and Podfan. Please check out the website at livinginthesprawlpodcast.com for updates on companies we are working with, our testimonies, links, codes, and new Living in the Sprawl merchandise. Again, thank you to all of you, our lovely listeners, for tuning in every week and allowing us to do what we love. Without further ado, your humble correspondent, John Steinberg. Hello. And welcome to another edition of Living in the Sprawl, Southern California's most adventurous podcast. I am, as always, your humble host and correspondent. My name is John Steinberg, joined by my lovely and talented producer slash my wife. Her name is Lisa Steinberg. We are the team here at Sprawl Enterprises, ready to bring you yet another exciting foray into the vast, expansive terrain that we have lovingly dubbed the Sprawl. On today's show, a deep dive into one of the quintessential Sprawl filmmakers, maybe the single most important Sprawl filmmaker. Today, we take a look at the films of Paul Thomas Anderson, and we're going to look at PTA's filmography through the lens of 10 locations seen in his illustrious body of work that you can actually see for yourselves. So there are movie makers, there are directors, and then there are people like Paul Thomas Anderson, the king of the San Fernando Valley, captures, I would argue, the strangest portion of Los Angeles in a deeply personal impossible to emulate singular manner drawing on his deep reservoir of life experiences pta has infused his body of work with spectacular indeed once in a generation personal touches that could only be applied by somebody who truly understands what they're talking about though many have shot films in the san fernando valley in greater los angeles There's something about the work of PTA that deeply resonates with the team here at Sprawl Enterprises. So we thought it appropriate to dedicate an episode to the work of PTA, looking at his canon through the lens of 10 locations seen in his films that you can see for yourselves. And number 10, the El Portal Theater This is on Lancashire Boulevard in North Hollywood. And it was seen in the climactic moments when Alana, pacing down Lancashire Boulevard in North Hollywood, runs to greet her beau, Gary. 
And this happens at the end of Licorice Pizza. An incredible theater. It was actually the place where Debbie Reynolds honed her craft. It's been around for multiple decades and served as a wonderful spot for the events of Licorice Pizza to culminate. And number 10, the El Portal Theater in North Hollywood. And number 9, the Lombardi Apartments, located at 5,633 North Topanga Canyon Boulevard in Woodland Hills. These apartments are where Barry Egan, Adam Sandler's protagonist in Punch Drunk Love, resided and made those misbegotten phone calls that got him in a big ol' heap of trouble. A fairly nondescript apartment complex in this section of Woodland Hills really serves as the perfect spot for relatively anonymous Barry to live out his days. Again, PTA has a keen understanding of how easy it is to get lost in the valley, to live out an existence that seems to draw the attention of basically no one. And this apartment complex, right off Topanga Canyon Boulevard, is a shining example of the Wunderkind director's intense comprehension of the region and why Barry Egan needed to reside in a place like this. And number eight, it's the Boogie Nights House, the house owned by Jack Horner in PTA's 1997 classic. This time, we venture a little bit outside the valley, West Covina. The house still stands. It's the place where Roller Girl and Amber Waves had their, um, let's call it a heart-to-heart, -heart, where Dirk Diggler rose to prominence and then came back down to earth where the colonel lorded over a gathering fueled by cocaine. The house was actually on the market a couple of years ago, and when listening to the over four-hour Boogie Nights rewatchable podcast from The Ringer, I was reminded that Bill Simmons had once sought to potentially acquire the property using it as the company's corporate offices. And number seven, 7,222 Rosita Boulevard, corner of Rosita Boulevard and Sherman Way specifically. This is where Julianne Moore's car was parked in Magnolia when the frogs began to descend from the skies near the end of Magnolia. And as Amy Mann's poignant Save Me plays in the background, the camera lingers on Rosita Boulevard, chiding its audience to remember that indeed these things do happen. And they happen, if you're in PTA's world, in the San Fernando Valley, Rosita, and Sherman Way. And number six, the former home of the Parker Center at 150 North Los Angeles Street in downtown. This is the site of what used to be the home of the LAPD. The Parker Center was seen several times in PTA's Ode to 1970s Private Eye's Inherent Vice. 
We see Doc Spilotro inside the facility at a number of intervals during the film. And since it came out some years ago, as I mentioned, the Parker Center is no longer there. It symbolized an era in police relations with the rest of the city that were, shall we say, stuff that I don't think we would want to brag about. The glass-walled Parker Center had to go, but it makes multiple appearances in Inherent Vice, capturing a time and a place in PTA's beloved Los Angeles that no longer exists. At number five, 21,758 Devonshire. This is in the Chatsworth section of the valley, and it's the location of the waterbed warehouse and the arcade from Licorice Pizza, where Gary Valentine channels his Barry Minkow as the proprietor of a thriving business in his teenage years. It's here that we see that quick Herman Munster cameo from John C. Riley, as well as Gary really trying to make a go of it, getting the most out of the waterbed trend from the 1970s. And it took place here on Devonshire in Chatsworth. At number four, 19,836 Ventura Boulevard. This is the location of Adam Sandler's curious workplace from Punch Drunk Love. It's really a 99 cent store, part of a larger, typical SFV strip mall. A bizarre place to have his protagonist employed. The location exemplifies PTA's nuanced relationship with his hometown. Like his anonymous apartment in Woodland Hills, this drive right by it and you would never look twice location was the perfect staging grounds for the events that pervade the screens as we follow the trials and tribulations of Barry Egan in Punch Drunk Love. And number three, the Foxfire Room. This is where whiz kid Donnie Smith hung out for the majority of his appearance in PTA's instant classic Magnolia. Those scenes that feature a long past his prime former child prodigy as portrayed by William H. Macy longing for the affections of a ripped bartender those took place at this extremely divey bar on, of course, of course, Magnolia Boulevard in the San Fernando Valley. Foxfire Room is about as divey as you're going to get in the valley. The type of place that sells cocktails from the well, only domestic beers, and up until a couple of years ago, only processed transactions in cash. At number two, the opening salvo of Boogie Nights, the marquee, that wonderful, unforgettable tracking shot, which opens Boogie Nights, that takes place at 18,843 Sherman Way, again in Rosita. Not far from the spot referenced earlier where the frogs come down from the sky in Magnolia. 
And it's actually on this stretch of Sherman Way in Reseda that a number of scenes were filmed. In addition to the former Reseda Theater that we see at the start of Boogie Nights with the marquee, the Hot Tracks disco that we explore in the film is just down the street, as is Miss Donuts, the shop that gets robbed near the end of Boogie Nights, leading to Buck Swope, as portrayed by Don Cheadle's inheritance of enough money to help him get started with his awesome stereo store. And at number one, as we count down, 10 locations that you can check out for yourselves to better acquaint yourself with the work of Paul Thomas Anderson, the patron saint of the San Fernando Valley. This time, we go to Beverly Hills, although you wouldn't know it's Beverly Hills by merely watching the movie, to the Greystone Mansion, where things really go off the rails for Daniel Plainview at the end of There Will Be Blood. What takes place in the bowling alley of Greystone is as unmistakably PTA as it is a kind of reference to bygone history. You see, the Greystone Mansion was once owned by Edward Doheny, one of the most infamous oil barons in California history. If you are an Angelino, you've undoubtedly passed by Doheny Street in Beverly Hills. There's the Doheny Library at USC. Doheny Beach in Dana Point for those Orange County residents. And they were all named after one Edward Doheny the guy that really first discovered oil in the Los Angeles area. And he used a lot of his oil field largesse to purchase this mammoth property in Beverly Hills. And it was at this property where his son and Hugh Plunkett got into a tete-a-tete. A murder-suicide ensued at the property thus earmarking Greystone Mansion as a place where Daniel Plainview, who's more or less based, loosely based, on Edward Doheny to have his meltdown at the end of There Will Be Blood. The best example that we have of art imitating life, PTA's brilliance, is on full panoramic display at the end of his undisputed masterpiece, There Will Be Blood, and the events take place at 905 Loma Vista Drive, home of the Greystone Mansion. And that's going to do it for another installment of the podcast. We'd like to thank everyone for their continued support. Please hop on Apple, iTunes, or wherever you're listening to the show. Leave us a five-star rating and a kind review. Those things really help us out a great deal on the business end. They help drive us up the charts, expose us to more listeners. You understand. Follow us on Instagram. The handle is Living in the Sprawl Podcast. And we'd like to invite you to drop us a line, an email at Living in the Sprawl Podcast at gmail.com. And we'd like to direct you to our tremendous website. It's on this website that you can get your hands on your copy of the Living in the Sprawl Guide, as well as a copy of my memoir, and so it went. Both are available for purchase on the site, as are any and all things Living in the Sprawl related. 
So on behalf of myself, I am one half of the team here. I am your humble hosting correspondent. My name is John Steinberg, joined by my lovely and talented producer slash my wife. Her name is Lisa Steinberg. Thanking you again for listening to yet another episode of Living in the Sprawl, Southern California's most adventurous podcast. Talk again real soon.